Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning about breadwinning. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, we are back to a topic that I am super passionate about personally and, of course, for others, but really just about me. So it's the return to work conversation. And here is a stat that I found for us that PwC, the old PricewaterhouseCoopers, did a survey of its employees and found that about a quarter of them were considering or planning a move more than 50 miles away from one of the core office hubs, and that 12% have already made this move during the pandemic. So meanwhile, back at the ranch, we've started to see, as the vaccines have rolled out, CEOs saying, hey, come on back. or making statements along the lines of, uh, we're going to judge you if you don't come back. And so I am wondering if the moment of the dream is over, that anyone would have learned anything about flexible or hybrid working during the pandemic. What is happening? (laughs) I think we're having a boomerang moment. Oh, that's yes. Right? I think everyone is burnt out. I think managers who we know are key to making flexibility work are burnt out, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a, and so the idea of trying to kind of just force everyone into a new way of working when everyone is so, because it is a new way of working, right? Yeah. Hybrid is yep. We're yep. not talking, it's not like we're just continuing what we've been doing in the pandemic. We're asking folks to, to start a whole new chapter in their work life. Right. Where where there's new flex work arrangements, for example. Right. Yeah. They need to be documented in many for some organizations. They need to be documented for managers. Right. There's not those managers need to approve them. They need to go back and forth with HR. They need to. Like, there's yeah. Just, which they never had to do when you worked in the office. Right. You know, right? like like they didn't. There was a unwritten script that said, you know, maybe you had a start time because there was some morning meeting everyone had to be at or the like, but there was a generally accepted principle. Like when I went to work that I needed to be at work at a certain time, I had closing, like if we were closing the magazine and we had to get all the files in to go to the printer and all that sort of jazz to the point that when I had Gwen and I would, everybody would kind of fade out of the office at six, six thirty, and I needed to leave at five for baby pickup. I would get up and I would announce going to get my small child and leave, you know, because there was this, such a strong unwritten rule that everyone hung around until the boss left. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and so to have to like do- think about it and be proactive and document how we work, I can see it because it's easier to fall into old patterns. Oh, it's so much easier. And we we keep talking about it. Right. We, yeah. Like I, we keep talking about how big of an opportunity this is for a new world, of mm-hmm. new way of working. But everybody is just, I think, so overwhelmed. There's so many different sources of anxiety for folks, you know, whether it's like, OK, yeah. 
if I'm going to get on the subway to go to work, like I might as well just have it be back the way it was because I don't want one more unfamiliar thing. Right. Right. Well, and then there's the layer of trust. So say, say we're back, say I'm going to go in every day and take the subway and do the, and do the like there, what is going to be the proof that, you know, that I got vaccinated and that, you know, like if, if you're going to have, you're starting to see offices say, we're going to go on the honor principle. We know that everyone doesn't believe in the vaccine, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll put that aside. But we're going to trust that the reason you're not wearing a mask in office is because you're vaccinated. I mean, so now right. you've got not only the structure of work, but this trust level of this honor system. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just want to get my job done. That's no, all. no, it's. <laughs> Yeah, this is really, it's really tricky, Jen. <laughs> it really is. And so what you see are some of these, so things have been popping up. Like, so they're, and then swatted down, which has been great to, I, I don't know if some of these CEOs have realized that in the pandemic, all that social media and the things that have made employees much more open about talking about their workplace, either because they're younger or because we've been dealing with incredible societal change that's been going on and people are calling out problems and challenges in our society, which includes our workplaces. I don't know if these CEOs don't realize this, but when they say things like, oh, only the truly engaged employee is the one that comes back. Like, I, I'm dubious that the ones who are working from home are engaged, are the committed, passionate people. What a our company. Yeah. That's the current WeWork CEO said that and then immediately got shot down. Yeah. Th- then you have like the Washingtonian magazine, the that media company CEO saying, you know, there's my favorite. Oh, there, there's all these extra jobs that people do in the office, like mentoring others. Oh, that's a good one. Celebrating people's birthdays. What? And that if you want to be full-time work from home, she kind of like floated this idea of like, well, you'll be a contract employee because you're not doing all these extra things. The full-time staffers, salaried people will be the ones that say we're coming into work all the time, that somehow will tease you out that way or something. She got called out for that. And so I don't know, you know, but then I hear that you know, humongous companies are saying, yeah, um, we need to bring people back for that, that old canard about no one is collaborating remotely. So I don't know if you know this, Raquel, but no one has been collaborating during the pandemic because we've all been remote. No collaborating. Nobody has been? Nobody. No, because that's the only way it happens is if we're all physically standing shoulder to shoulder, wondering if that person without the mask got vaccinated. That's the only way collaboration happens. Yeah. That's that's yeah, what they're telling us. That's exactly right. I'm a little fired up on this. <laughs> we spent so much time collaborating on this podcast from the same room. So Yeah, it's a shame that we can't collaborate because we're in different places. I don't so I don't know. I I what do you have any gut feeling about this? Because we we we've talked about the structure. We need to document it. We need to be proactive as managers, as company leaders to make this happen, but you see these people falling back into their old patterns. I don't know. I think it's because, well, again, I'm going to go back to 
I think there's a couple different things, right? I think there are kind of these dinosaur kind of attitudes about what work looks like. Yeah. And those prevail and those are still, they're still thinking that kind of supports the idea that if your customer is largely on site, you have to be largely on site, right? And you, like, for example, right, it's it's really hard for people to break out of that. It's hard for people to break out of this idea that, that all of this unspoken, unwritten stuff happens at the office that needs to get done. Birthdays, for goodness sakes. Birthdays, mentoring. So I think that's, that's a piece. But I got to go back to managers. I feel like when you think about, and we know this from having been in the work-life space for as long as we have, right? It, the most important piece here, and, and I, I've been here at Kavanaugh, I've been touting your book all over town, Who Works Where <laughs> and Who Cares? Uh, Manager's Guide to Flexibility, I think is the subtitle. It's about how do managers align expectations with their teams so that they can make sure that wherever someone's working from, the outcomes, the expectations are clear. I mean, they're not just looking to see who's sitting at their desk, right? And that, yeah. that's, that's a, their onus is on managers for that. And I think everybody is so burnt out that unless they're really willing to put in the time and effort to be able to think through what does it look like to manage someone who's coming in. Yeah. I think that who's coming in, you know, two anchor days a week or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think that's really hard. And I think that, frankly, I was just talking about this with some senior managers and their response was, I don't have the, it was, I don't have the bandwidth for this. Yes. I, and I totally empathize with that. I really There's so much work to be done right now, I think, as we're all ramping up and, oh, you know, things are coming back on that the actual work, I I feel like I'm in meetings all the time. I think that's a weird thing about the Zoom life right now that we're, is it's completely, and I, and I know we've, we've had people on and we've looked at, at stuff. We've talked about the context switching. I can't find time to have time to content switch. So then you're asking people then also, I need you to carve out time. (laughs) to document, make a plan for all this. I totally get it. I empathize. I just also don't want you to fall back into dinosaur thinking, right? But I think that leaders have to understand if this is what they want to pull off. Yeah. They're not just going to pull it off by snapping their fingers, right? It does need to be executed and it needs to be enforced in a way that's, you know, unmeasured, in a way that's thoughtful. It can't be just kind of like, well... Jennifer didn't want to come back so yeah yeah. so I mean but it's it's hard because I think everybody's just so raring to go and come back it's true I I mean on the flip side I am between us I am so ready for my family to go back (laughs) I mean I'd be super happy to have the apartment to myself yeah during the day to leave my bedroom because I now spend my entire day, I wake up, I go take a shower, I come back, I spend the whole day in my bedroom. That's yeah. my office now. Yeah. So, yeah. And But, you know, I've been asked about coming back into the office, and I can't figure out why. 
That I, and and your comment very early on in the pandemic about what's the business case for coming back? Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to figure it out because I would argue that I am collaborating all the time. You know, yeah. so though it would be nice to be, I, and I think every survey, you know, that every employer, or every big company does, they seem to find that people do want a hybrid. They want to be able to, yeah. you know, every, you know what people want is autonomy. That that's my feeling. You know, like you want to say, just let me go make it happen. Some days I would like to be in the office. Some days I would like. I like working at a coffee shop sometimes. I like just kind of that kind of parallel play mindset sometimes. And sometimes I like being completely by myself and just to think. Yeah. And not have meetings. And it's like, yeah, you, you can still get at me, but right. I don't know. It's these, it's these comments. And I, and that's, it is so true. It's dinosaur thinking. That's what's getting called out. And so I don't know if these CEOs realize that when they say things now, their employees do not hesitate to call them out. <laughs> so good for them, man. Right. True, true. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. How long have I been working on workplace flexibility and how long have I been an advocate in this space? Like a long time. A week? And- two? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like two weeks. Two and, weeks. Uh, but, you know... And I still, I believe in remote work. I believe in hybrid work environments. Like I, I believe in this. That being said, like I am definitely as somebody who works, I'm a consultant and I'm a coach, right? And I do executive coaching remotely all the time. But there's a piece of my consulting work and some of my coaching work where like being in person with the person, it's a palpable difference yeah. and I'm missing it so much right now. Yeah. For me, the hesitancy of it is that um, I just feel the yoke of commuting. Like no, if you do, yeah. you know, it's like if you do it once, then then you set an expectation. So I, I'm very, in addition to the like, oh, I don't know if I want to be on the subway yet. It, just all the fears of yeah. being out in the real world. But that aside, I know myself and my and I like, even though I am in meetings from the get go, and I never freaking leave the bedroom anymore. Still, I have this sense of autonomy, <laughs> which is a complete fallacy. So I, I worry about going back in in the sense of like, oh, now it becomes so every Tuesday. They're like, well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, I think. Yeah. I'm a 15 year old girl at every turn. I do. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to have to report in. I don't want a curfew. I don't want to. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want, you know, we all want that flexibility. I think that autonomy, that independence is really, really helpful. I think I'm not, you know, I think, oh man, it's hard. It's hard to kind of think about what the best option is and how to make sure everyone feels that they are connecting in the same way whether they're in person or not in person. Have you heard like that kind of dinosaur, th- I'm, I'm now going to just call it dinosaur thinking at all turns, and that kind of dinosaur thinking or? Yeah. Have you? I, I just was, you know, wondering, are, like, are these two outliers? That's like WeWork and the Washingtonian and the like. I mean, we, we have this research roundup by uh, three professors at UMass Lowell who are saying, 
that um, employees are feeling burned over broken work from home promises and corporate culture BS as employers try to bring them back to the office. And part of what they're talking about there is that some of it, it's just, it connects with what you're saying, that they're not thinking ahead and being transparent and thinking about, well, you know, like my husband's job, they're saying, when we decide it's time to come back, you know, we're going to give you six weeks. We're going to tell you that the six weeks is coming. You know, like there's been a lot of over communicating about the thinking about it. And I think it sounds like that we're all and like all of us, all the employee types, we're all kind of waiting for some sort of dictum to come because that's that's the way dinosaurs have roamed the earth in the past. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. We are just waiting for that. That and I think the over communication is good, frankly, like keep it coming. I think otherwise, you know, we're all kind of waiting and making up stories in our heads. That's kind of how lack of communication at work works, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or in general works, right? But I also think I, the way you were describing earlier how you work best and what the best kind of setup is for you. I think you know what I've also been hearing a lot is is the anxiety that employees are that that we're feeling on the employee side, right? Mm. That, you know, we just want to be able to, you know, this is just too much. I'm just too anxious. And I just want to be able to work the way I want to work. Right. As opposed to that, you know, that shift in saying, I'm going to be most productive when I have my time to, you know, we know this, right? When I have my time to, for heads down work, when I have, you know, opportunities during this time and that time to do online conversations with my colleagues, like, but basically pointing out like, this is why, this is why from a business perspective, this arrangement is going to work for me, as opposed to, you know, I'm anxious and I right, right. don't have any childcare. Yep. And, and which is, I'm way in that camp right now. Like I'm just, I'm anxious and it's not a childcare issue for me personally, but I totally, that's actually, that's what I'm hearing in my neighborhood of moms with littler kids who childcare is a concern that these calls back to work that are happening right as school is ending. When these parents didn't make summer camp plans because they didn't know you know, the little kids aren't getting vaccinated yet. Yeah. It's only down to age 12. And so you're caught in this bind. If you have an eight-year-old, you, you can't leave your eight-year-old alone all day. It's, you know, it's so, and yeah. then to say, oh yeah, at least one of you need to come back to work now. So now you've lost, and if you're a two-income fan, like the whole thing is just, the, yeah. the ones where they're calling people back in May and June for a short time, Oh, that's unconscionable. I'm sorry. That's terrible. That is completely with no empathy or realization of what you're doing to these working families because they, yeah. these families don't have setups because you make the setups like in January, February, and March, which is the pandemic was still wild. It's still wild now, by the way. So yeah, no, it's just terrible. It's that's it's you're adding so much stress to these families to have to try to scramble yet again. Yeah. I'm exhausted thinking about it. Yeah. It's exhausting. Well, and then if, is it going to be, I don't know. I mean, I think it talking it out. I, I think when you hear the CEO say, 
I'm not sure what we're doing. You know, like I, and let me be honest that it's like, we're, we're the sands shift under us. This is what we're thinking. I think it is a question of over communicating, right? I mean, versus just as with anything, like, you know, this is, so it let it be written. So let it be done sort of mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I do think the collaboration has to happen yeah. for this. I mean, it seems so simple, but I, it's just, I, this, these, these like things, because the, one of the things that the UMass professors point out is that there is, um, the set there's always this like, well, it's for company culture. And they're right. like, no, come right. on. Right. Come on. Yeah. You know, let's say company culture when everyone's anxious and wondering you know, like how far, like everyone's sitting and I don't know. Yeah. I think we're going to see more of these flares, though, because secretly in our heart of hearts, there's a there's a bunch of dinosaurs still roaming the earth. It's true. It's true. Oh, uh, well, all right. It's sad not to collaborate with you yet again. So I know we we have definitely not been never not ever never never not collaborating well what's that well thank you for joining us on the breadwinners you will find links to what we discussed in the episode description i'd love to hear it and i know raquel would too you know what's your back to work plan what are you hearing because we'll gather it up let's let's report what's happening on the ground so email us at the breadwinners pod at gmail.com or visit us at the breadwinners podcast.com please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it It really, really helps us grow. Really does. So until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.